Um, so my name is Josie Bro Evans. I'm Katie Booker. I'm Jared Fenton. I'm Kayla McKell. And this is our podcast discussion. So first, let's talk about the great debate. Well, the great debate is the discussion between which is better, whole language or the approach of phonics and... Over the course of the semester, I know I have personally come to the conclusion that finding a balance between the two is probably the best for our students. Um, Both offer a lot of good things and a lot of bad things at the same time. I don't want to say bad things, but not not positives per se. And if you guys want to dive into what you discussed about those pros and cons, we could do that. I think some pros of phonics would be that you increase your spelling, uh, but you really don't have a good comprehension of the words. Whereas um, with the whole language, you can infer and like use context clues to try to figure out a word, but you may not necessarily always be right in your assumptions of that word. I think a good thing that phonics brings to the table is um, it provides students with confidence when approaching unknown words because with the phonics program they develop those skills to sound out individual sounds that they see, eventually chunking those words together so they can overcome that unknown word using their phonics skills. Whereas with whole language you're focusing solely on context clues and while, while comprehension is important, they also need to be able to read words. With whole language the material normally reflects the culture, so that's a positive for that. But you also have a lack of structure. You have to make your own curriculum, which is really hard on the teachers. But personally, I think a mixture of both phonics and whole language is the best option to teach phonics. I think in the case of someone who maybe has um, a reading issue such as dyslexia, um, maybe you might want to tilt more towards the whole language strategy because it doesn't require them to necessarily focus on what they see but what they hear and what they see around that certain word so I mean as far as reading disabilities go whole language is probably a little better but I mean that's like an odd case out most kids may not have a reading disability in fact most don't Um, so again you want to strive for that balance Yeah, I feel like the balance between the two gives the students the knowledge to accurately cipher the spellings, pronunciations, and the meanings of new words encountered in text, rather than either just understanding the meaning or just being able to sound it out and not understand what it means. So, I agree, and just with anything else, um, I think it's important to find that balance there can always be you know, too much of a good thing in some ways. So finding the positives from both whole language and phonics and blending those together to fit the needs that are in your classroom is what's gonna work best. Um, when you have some of those cons of phonics, when you think about the rules and implementing a lot of those rules that not even the teachers can remember themselves, it's hard to expect your students to be able to remember those rules. Yeah, I feel like the balance kind of um in a way sort of cancels out the cons and only and only brings the benefits because you're balancing them out and they balance each other out. So. I know uh, West Union Elementary School is um, looking to reform their phonics program currently. Um, my mom works there and 
they're solely on phonics. I think they might even use words their way. I don't know. But um, they had a meeting the other day, and she, after talking with her, she had um, brought up that they need to focus a little more on whole language in some aspects. Maybe not do a complete shift in one year, but over time, like, more whole language into the program. She said they definitely need to introduce it, mm-hmm. not just phonics. Yeah, I feel like when we did the great debate ourselves, what was that, like the second, third week of the semester, um, we ended up coming at a standstill because every time someone had a good point, the other team could refute it. It wasn't even something. a debate. Yeah it, yeah, it really wasn't because we just balanced each other out, so... Okay, so let's move on to the examining the importance of developing phonics awareness in children. As far as monitoring it goes, if um, if we just leave the children to do their own thing, they're probably not going to develop those skills, and if they don't develop those skills, they're never going to be able to read, so I think it's a pretty high importance that we help them develop those skills. I mean, there's plenty of stuff you can do from reading to them, singing to them, just talking to them will help develop those skills, but it is a, a necessity to do so. I feel like another reason it's an, a necessity is because uh, language development is one of the four foundations of learning to decode. So um, phonemic awareness refers to being able to understand the relationships between sounds without like reading or writing or anything Um, but language development such as listening and speaking um, form the foundation of being able to read and write later on so I just feel like that's one of the reasons that phonemic awareness is important you definitely need like instruction about it like a lot of instruction but you also can't go overboard with all the rules of everything I think a good phonics program is one that um, I mean right out of the bat right out of the gate I mean just uh, teaches phonemic awareness because um, like I said they're going to use those skills those base skills of phonemic awareness to when they're later down the road in those higher stages of reading, um, they're going to use those skills that they learned early on uh, to overcome unknown words by using those sounds associated with letters and chunks to sound out that unfamiliar chunk of that word or just a word in general. Yeah, another point that I would like to make is that uh, the measurement, the measure of phonemic awareness um, in students it becomes the best predictor of success in learning to read. So if they understand phonemic awareness and they're understanding those relationships um, between the words that they hear, then that that can predict that they will become good readers. And also I would say that um, if they don't get these skills down, not only will they not be able to decode words, sound them out but that will never uh, get comprehension down which is like the main goal of reading so if you're I mean if you can't sound out the word you can't say you're never going to understand it so that's going to hinder them 
quite largely. So, considering the growth of the student and their development in writing, what are some pros and cons of interactive writing? So one of the pieces that I found to really be a pro when it comes to interactive writing is it's a way for you to get all of the students in your classroom engaged and to be able to understand kind of where they are and what they know at that point, being able to call on them and getting them involved in those interactive writing pieces. I think engagement is really important, especially in early childhood kids. So interactive writing, which is sharing the pen, is a good way to teach the students how to write and it keeps everyone involved. And like you said, you can learn what they know and see see what they know. I mean, I think it's just that direct work that the student's gonna have with the teacher. Um, I mean, it's the teacher's gonna be able to be on site, see where the student's struggling, and then fix the problem right then and there. And then instead of having to have them write something and then have it put in a pile until the end of the week until you're ready to grade and then you're trying to figure out what they meant by this or what that word is you know because you're not going to you're not going to know that and then if you're right there you can ask them well what did you mean by this and then you can tell them well this is how we do that this is how we fix this so I think that's how interactive writing is a good thing but I think it can be harmful if we do it in higher grades I mean I would say probably fourth or fifth grade is probably like the last grades I would say you know we can do this probably should cut it off after them and I mean at that point they're going to be in the derivational stage or close to it so we're going to understand what they're saying so I just think sometimes maybe we go we take it too long we take it too far because I can remember doing interactive writing in seventh grade stuff I mean we would do stuff with the teacher in seventh grade and while for me it was easy because you know the teacher was helping us doing it I don't think it was beneficial towards me I think I should have wrote on my own and then she corrected me and helped me afterwards I mean I kind of agree that like after a certain point at least in English class it shouldn't be used because that's start, kind of starting to make the students kind of dependent on the teacher guiding them but I feel like when you're in like a higher level science class and you have and your teachers introducing like lab reports and you don't understand it like you've never heard of it before or something like that it might be good to introduce it yeah with interactive that, yeah writing. that's a good point but i mean that's that's one in a rare case i mean yeah while while i do agree with that i mean it's not going to happen that often so it's it's yeah. okay at yeah. that point yeah. it's not i'm just i'm just saying that in in some cases yeah. it might yeah, be good to do it later later on in education but not not to the point where yeah. every time you have a writing assignment, yeah. it's interactive. It's, it's best for the basics, really, yeah. like Jared said. Yeah. And I also think it's good for younger kids to be able to kind of correct some misinterpretations. So if one student goes up to do something and you have other kids that are in the classroom that may have that same misconception or don't understand how to correctly spell a word or something, it's a way to kind of model it but it's modeling it from your peers. So you're learning from your peers in the classroom versus you know, necessarily your teacher where she can go in and correct it for everybody to see. I also like that, they're, uh, that it teaches the concepts of writing like in context, like they're not out of context, like the teacher just lecturing like 
how this is done. Like, they're actually learning it by doing it. Um, and I just think that's really beneficial because it's easier to learn in context than out of context. Yeah, I mean, it's phonics and interactive writing are interrelated, obviously, because the better your phonics skills are, the better your writing is going to be. So maybe if students really good with their phonics skills, they're going to be good at writing. So you can kind of, you know, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but like slope off the amount of interactive writing you do based on their phonics. Yeah, and along with that, it, you know, allows those students to be able to hear the sounds in the words when they're connecting them um, to those corresponding letters that they're writing them up on the board, so. And also, one of the techniques that a uh, teacher uses to help students uh, spell more difficult words is uh, called stretching, where the teacher sounds it out letter by letter, and as the student hears each letter, each sound, each letter sound, then they write the corresponding letter. Um, so that like just helps them with the. I know Josie mentioned mo uh, modeling. I think interactive writing. I mean, that's probably the best way for most students to learn is to see somebody do it. I mean, and mm -hmm. that's. I think that's probably the second biggest thing. I think the first biggest thing is being able to see where the students are struggling. I mean, it's a great assessment tool. Um, I mean, the students are going to think it's fun, you know, we're writing with the teacher, but for you it's a really good tool to see where everybody is. And then at the same time, you're modeling for them, so it's beneficial to them too. It's not just fun and games. And also seeing a peer doing it, that makes the students more confident because they're like, oh, someone my age, someone who's not my teacher can do this, maybe I can do it too. Like it makes them feel more confident. Yeah, and to piggyback on that, I mean, you know, when you start practicing with little kids, um, the younger they are to come up in front of the classroom and to do things like that at first, they just think it's fun, but it does, it helps to build their confidence. So then later when they are giving presentations or writing and stuff in front of the classroom, you're kind of helping to build that base at a young age. Like Kaylin said, uh, lecture doesn't work for little kids, mm -hmm. so you need that hands-on activity for them. So interactive writing is a good tool for that. And it's also a piece that helps them um, to learn kind of story structure to get those components of the beginning, the middle, and end characters, the plots, the settings. Um, of stories to kind of help them understand that at an earlier age when they're so then when they are ready to read they start to have a knowledge of that ahead of time and when you're doing interactive writing it tends to be uh, the students coming up with certain details in the writing and so that just gives them some uh, independence in the skills it takes to build a story build a plot um, and just other skills that they need for writing that helps them gain independence, so. Okay, so considering specific orthographic tools in the classroom, such as word sorts, spelling inventories, and what are the advantages of monitoring student orthographic development? So the spelling inventory, I really like that, which it is just basically a list of words that the students have to write with different patterns and that's how you can tell what stage a student is at when they start missing multiple words you can see what stage 
and I enjoyed doing doing that in my field experience with the students. Thought it was really helpful, and it's a way to monitor what they know, what they need help with. Um, I agree. I also really like the spelling inventory, and I liked it for the purpose that even though a student may not be able to completely spell a word correctly, you start to gauge where they are developmentally um, if they're understanding some of those patterns and to just understand if they're starting to catch on when they're starting to learn and that they're actually getting what's being taught in the classroom. So it's not just you spelled this word wrong, you know, X, you're wrong, take off points for that. So I like the fact that they are still able to receive a little bit of point system, but it gives you that knowledge of where those students are, um, not just because they spelled the word wrong and you move on from that. You gain so much more knowledge from that data. And, I mean, you can set up class-wide, you can set up a class-wide spreadsheet and see your whole classes, determine groups on that. I mean, it's just, it's, it's the ease for the teacher. It's, it's useful and it's easy. And, I mean, the importance of it, I mean, if you don't do something like that, you're not going to know where any of your students are, so you're just going to be teaching one thing. You're not going to have any differentiation in your curriculum. And some students sort of suffer from that. And other students, the, on the higher end, like so you, you might you might have a student completely out of the stage that the most of your students are in an outlier. They're going to be bored with it, and they're not going to want to learn. And then you're going to have students suffering, but the majority of the class is going to be in that stage. But still, you got to have that differentiation. you got to make sure you're getting all your students. So this is a great way to show you where exactly everyone is individually. And then as far as word sorts go, I just think it's, kids see it as a game, because they get to sort things, you know, like it's Dora or something, and you get to see, well, this is where you, again, it's just seeing where your kids are, if they're learning what you're teaching, or if they need more instruction, or more help, but they see it as a game and something fun to do. Yeah, with word sorts, especially open word sorts, you can see what connections the students make on their own. Uh, see what their understanding is of whatever items you're having them sort, sort, whether it be pictures or words or items like actual objects. Um, you can see how their brains make those connections between them. Um, so that just helps you um, to build your curriculum based on uh, constructing, well, based on constructing more knowledge and keeping them on the path of improvement. And I just like the vast amount of varieties that word sorts have. I mean, mm -hmm. there's buddy sorts, speed sorts, blind sorts, etc. I mean, there's numerous amounts of sorts. So, I mean, you can do it, and they're going to be thinking they're doing something different, or in reality, they're just doing a word sort for yeah, you. Yeah, they're just doing the same exact thing. <laughs> but they're going to think it's fun because they get to do it with a buddy, or they get to do it really fast, or they get to do it without knowing what's what. Or they're doing it like a different way, like doing the same kind of sort over and over and over can get the students bored with it and they'll be like, oh, we have to do this again. But then if you change it up every once in a while, then it gets them more excited about doing it and more engaged in doing it. Um, a big piece that I always look at is because where I want to do or want to be an intervention teacher and to mainly focus on the upper grades. So I look at a lot of this stuff as how it can be manipulated to use with those that are older. So I think a lot of this stuff, you know, we even completed them in the classroom and we thought it was fun. Now, a lot of those word sorts and stuff that we were doing within our classroom were 
pretty basic stuff that we knew, but there was a lot of different ways that you could change some of that stuff up to be able to use it with kids that are older, with using a lot of those bigger words um, and using some stuff that's more advanced. But also with the, just to jump back for a second, with the, um, the spelling inventory, that's a great tool to be able to utilize for IEPs or students that are on IEPs to be able to measure them throughout the year to see that growth and the progress that they're going to be able to make or if they're not making any progress um, in the classroom to be able to check, check that data to apply it to your IEPs for your goals or your benchmarks or whatever. Um, you need that for which that's great for general education teachers as well because then they have proof to use for students that are you know trying for an IEP or are being um, looked at for IEPs so that they have that data. I like that idea I just wish like you said you want to be an intervention specialist it'd be nice if they had something I mean I know that the spelling inventory is to show you where each student is but I wish they could break it down in those higher grades you said you want to do higher grades Mm -hmm. I wish they could break it down like where at in the syllables and affixes I mean I know there's not particular stages within that stage but I mean you could show like well here's some concepts within this stage that they understand or whatever I just wish they had something like like a spelling inventory for higher level readers just so someone like you could like Mm -hmm. you could take it further like well we know they're in the syllables and affixes but what are they struggling with within that stage what are they not getting so I mean that's something I wish that maybe they could come out with Mm -hmm. going back to word source I think the variation that I like the most would probably be the drawn label or cut and paste because it also works on the uh, reading skill of visualization so it helps the students to like get a picture in their mind of their understanding of that word. What I really like about the word sorts is that you can do the easier words for the younger kids or easier patterns or you can do the harder words and harder patterns. Um, so also with the with the word sorts um, so it allows students to then find an order and those similarities so I like the ability to be able to adapt those so you can um, you can make it open where you can allow students to just sort based on their own choices and then giving them some type of guidelines to then narrow that down um, a little slimmer to be able to measure what your me- whatever your measurements are at that point. Okay, so from within your content or grade level, share a reader, a writer, a speller in your stage of your choice. Alright, so we have about, we have a a history student. Uh, they are in the letter name alphabetic stage. Um, and uh, they can read the content. Um, they can go from the more basic, you know, um, schoolhouse rock type reading, I guess. I don't know, that's not reading, but they, they focus less on pictures. Um, they don't need pictures. They're not memory reading anymore. They can actually start to read the content. So you can start to give, probably, I would say, first-hand documents at this stage, small ones, not large, maybe letters to certain people or whatever over history, 
Um, they will be able to write journal entries. Um, probably is going to make no sense to you. There's probably going to be a lot of mistakes. Um, there's going to be some scribbles. Not, not pictures, but scribbles. They're not going to know what they're writing. And a lot of incorrect spelling. And, yeah, that's, that's somebody that would be in a history class in the letter name alphabet. Someone in the deprivational stage, they're more advanced. So they have more, they're using more technical words and they're focusing more on the meaning of the words. Uh, they have more structure and purpose in their writing and they have more of a voice. Okay, uh, so I've got a student who's a uh, fifth grader, and I have him in an English class. And uh, he's exploring different genres when he's reading. And um, he has a lot of background knowledge and vocabulary, which helps him to comprehend his reading better. Um, and when he's writing, he's more aware of his audience, and he has a real voice in his writing um, and he goes through the revision and editing stages of the writing process where he uh, focuses on spelling and punctuation and he really focuses on uh, accents and stressing and compound words. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, that's my student in my English class. <laughs> so, um, a student that would be in the emergent stage class, they are doing a lot of that pretend reading or they're reading from memory, going through a book that they're familiar with and they're just either, you know, explaining the pictures to you and making it up as they go or they've heard the story so many times that they're just reciting it right back to you. Um, they are, that's kind of right when they're starting to get a feel just for books in general this may be where they're starting to even understand you know what a title is how the words flow through the book um, from left to right on the page from top to bottom they are beginning to start recognizing the shapes of those letters so what an uppercase or a lowercase letter is some of those common and familiar sounds They are also, um, when it comes to their writing, it's a lot of pretend again. There's a lot of that just scribbling all over the place. Their pictures may represent words. So if we're um, talking about a dog, they would draw a dog and say, this says dog versus writing um, the word itself. They are learning how to hold um, a writing utensil just properly. Um, or you're teaching them how to hold that writing utensil properly instead of them just grabbing it however. And a lot of kids, you know, in this um, age as well, they're trying to figure out whether they are right or left-handed, um, throwing those back and forth. They are, they may be using, as we're a little farther in that area, they're going to start using 
um, just letters to represent something. So for like dog again, they may just put a D and that says dog to them. Okay, so was there any final thoughts that anybody would like to put forth? I'm good. Um, like we talked about in the beginning, I think the main thing with phonics is that you have to do a balance of both phonics and whole language. Yeah, just so that the students like get a well-rounded understanding to be able to both comprehend and so did anybody have any negatives towards hold language or any cons? Um, they're not required to work through them by signing them out, which can be a problem later down the road. And it could be in, it could be frustrating. Um, if all you receive is whole language and you get to sixth grade and you see a word and you have no clue what it is and you don't have the basis for sounding that word out. And I feel like one of the one of the cons is actually more focused uh, towards teachers. It could be harder for us to focus on the whole language instruction because that's not the way that we were taught for the most part. For the most part, for the most part, we were taught through phonics. Um, so it will be more difficult for us to become adapted to teaching something that we never learned. So talking about that great debate just a little bit and, you know, Jared, how you were talking about in that school that you were at that a lot of people don't really use whole language. Do you think that there's a reason for that, that a lot of teachers maybe aren't using it and they're very solely focused on phonics? I just think it's just because it's generationally we've been, I mean, phonics has been instilled in schools for so long and that's all everybody's ever known. And... As far as education goes, adaption, adapting hasn't always been its strong suit um, because it requires people who've been teaching for a long time. So for them, learning something new. I mean, for us, we're learning whole language, so we might instill it. Mm -hmm. But there's going to eventually something else is going to come along. And just like the teachers that are in the schools now, it's going to be hard for us to adapt to that new thing. So I think it's just the whole adapting to a new thing. Nobody likes change kind of idea. And those are our thoughts about phonics.